0: This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to part two of Media Week's um, Mercado and Manning Year in Review. We've um, we've got two episodes up for our year in review. We've got a, a longer one with... Um, we speed through because there's a lot of shows we cover. In a lot of shows. A best of list. Um, Andrew had a ton of stuff this year. Your list is often short. Last year Does that reflect That it was a pretty good year Um, Or did you just Put a bit more time Into doing your list Look I think It was a good year
1: Yeah I think It was a great year It was a fantastic year. But, yeah, I guess I have trouble finishing things. Hmm. I start so many things and then I completely forget about it. And then you go to make this list and think, oh, no, I never finished watching that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, So I guess that's one of the problems. There's just always so much material coming at us all the time.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, with so much material, that means there's probably going to be some crook shows. Yeah. So – what we're going to do in this episode is the worst TV of the year and then look at a few um, made-for-streaming services or bought-by-streaming services, one or the other commissioned or bought, that um, spend most of their life on streaming platforms. So, Andrew, what upset you this year? Oh, the worst
1: shows of the year. Okay. And just like that on Foxtel Binge. I'd say and just like that the Sex and the City girls ruined their legacy. But they already (laughs) did that with Sex and the City 2, the movie. This was their chance to say regain their legacy back and I just don't think they got there. I I disliked it so much. (laughs) I used to watch this, I found this woman on YouTube that would do a summary of every episode and all I can I used to laugh so hard at she used to just go I just can't even. I just, well, like, what like What is happening now? I just can't. Um, yeah, I really thought it missed the mark, but it's coming back for a series two, so I'll be able to continue hate watching it. Byron Bay's oh. on Netflix. Oh. Look, we expect uh, reality shows like this to be about not very much, but this was literally a show about social media. The storylines were people having arguments about how many social media followers they have. And it's like, (laughs) come on, you've got to get better storylines than that. And I spent the whole time watching it going, are these people really as vague as this in real life or are they putting it on for the cameras? I met one of them in real life. That's them. They're not (laughs) pretending. Again, this one's coming back for a second series. Um, wow. There was a show that got made here in Australia, so it was great uh, that some cast and crew got some work on it, but I found it really unnecessary. It was Joe versus Carol on Stan. It was the story of the Tiger King. And seriously, oh, yeah, yeah. it's been done to death, and this was like a dramatisation of those characters. And I was like, why? I don't, why do we need to see this? We've We've gone through every piece of his life on netflix so i really didn't think it got there the first lady on paramount plus which was this story of the wives of american presidents and you had uh Gillian anderson and eleanor roosevelt michelle pfeiffer as betty ford was actually great she was the only reason i kept watching the show but look they haven't renewed it for a second series the problem was there was no connection. They just had three women, Michelle Obama, Betty Ford, Eleanor Roosevelt, and they just kept jumping from one to the other with no reason, no linking, no segues. It just was terrible. Um, the thing about Pam on Nine was that uh, murder mystery with Renee Zellweger where she murdered her neighbour, who I think was played by Melanie Linsky, who we spoke okay. about last week. Um Oh, maybe I've got that wrong. But, look, the thing about Pam, it had this comic tone to it. Like, they played it like it was a hilarious comedy. And Renee Zellweger was so wacky while she'd gone next door and stabbed her neighbour to death. And it was like, wow, this is just the wrong tone to have. Only American TV who watch such violent show would think to turn this into a comedy. Like, seriously, the woman was stabbed, brutally stabbed to death in the middle of the day. There was nothing funny about it. So, yeah, I thought the tone of the thing about Pam was totally wrong. Hard Sell on Netflix was the latest uh, comedy series from Catherine Tate. It was set in a prison. I just really think that Catherine Tate is off the boil. I found it really repetitive, very disappointing because we all love the Catherine Tate show so much, Um, I thought that the Pilot Showcase was pretty disappointing this year from 10. They didn't even play it on the main channel. They put Mm. it up on 10 Play. Of all those shows, you know, Courtney's Closet even got a mention on Gogglebox and everyone watching went, that's a great show, you know, like a kind of an interview show but you're putting someone in drag as you're doing it. Um, I, I think that would be a show that should go to series but Pilot Showcase missed the mark for me this year. The Real Love Boat on 10, I think. 10 had so many new reality shows this year and none of them really worked except for Hunted. That worked. But look, The Challenge, The Traders and The Real Love Boat, like, come on, that's three flops in a row. Not great. I also note that The Real Love Boat didn't work in America either. They actually punted it from CBS and put it onto a streaming service. That's how badly it rated over there. But they
0: made their own version. They made their own
1: version with host Jerry O'Connell. But clearly that format just didn't work anywhere. Um, And then Blockbuster on Netflix, this deeply unfunny sitcom about a video store, but not set back in the 90s when Blockbuster was a thing, set today, where you're going... Who's going to go to a DVD store? This is ridiculous. Why are there 20 people working in this store in a failing DVD store? Really, really unfunny. So those were the shows that disappointed me the most in 2022.
0: Yeah. Look, you watch a lot of RuPaul. I do. Now, did did he make the list?
1: Yeah, look, the... This latest series, the fourth series of RuPaul's Drag Race UK, I think is one of the most outstanding series. It's right up there with that series of the original RuPaul's when we had Bianca Del Rio, Adore Delano and Courtney Act uh, making the top three. It was that good. And the reason I'm mentioning how good the UK version is, which airs on BBC3, is why is RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under so awful? You know, of course I want to love it. I want it to be so good. But there's something about it, and I'm thinking it's the budget. There's something about it that's quite cheap. There's something about the casting of it. There's something about it being filmed in Auckland, New Zealand. And look, I'm all for let's share this stage with New Zealand and Australia. But I just don't think you can make a show like that in New Zealand and have... New Zealand guest judges that an Australian audience has never heard of and Australian stars like Danny Minogue coming in on Zoom. It's like, move the show to Sydney. They've had two years in New Zealand. It's time to move this show to Sydney. It's time to cast the show better so it's not so... I want to use the word manky. There's (laughs) something quite... Wrong about it, and I really need RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under to do better. So that's what I've
0: got to say about that. Uh, yeah, look, um, I agree with you on probably half of those terrible things. Look, I'm I'm really weak when it comes to bad TV because I stop watching and then I move on and I just forget stuff. Yeah. So yeah, look, some of them I I I I, I agree with you. The um. But I want to do something a little bit different. I just want to (laughs) call up something I forgot off my best list. Can I do that? Yeah, please do. Um, Under the Banner of Heaven. Wow. I just love that. It was just fantastic. Look, Andrew Garfield, I can see why some people think, look, he's just overacting mad here. He's just gone crazy. But he played a, um, a detective who is a Mormon. Yeah. So he's conflicted a little bit investigating um, a very strange family, Mormon family called the Laffertys. Um, and he has to sort of do the best job he, he can. But listen to the cast. The Lafferty family was all, they're all a bit weird, right? So you've got Sam Worthington, one of the brothers, Daisy Edgar Jones, um, who I think marries into the family i gotta think back now so yeah she's not originally one of them but she marries one of the brothers uh denise goff who i mixed up with Anne marie duff in our other podcast thinking Anne marie duff was in it but no it's actually denise goff she is brilliant in this billy howell's in this uh, he's just anything he does is great he was in the serpent of course he was a sort of the was he the dutch sort of um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that really pushes them to investigate Charles Sobhraj in The Serpent. Um, but, look, yeah, I just go Rory Culkin's in it too, another one of the Culkin And, you
1: know, family. Under the Banner of Heaven, which screened on Disney+, Plus, it came really close to being on my worst of the year. <laughs> Do you know why? You made me watch it, James. You told me it was so good I had to keep watching it. And seven episodes it went for, and the whole time watching it, I had a knot in my stomach. I hated the characters so much. they were so awful these religious extremists who were going to do who had done something so awful they killed a child and killed the mother and it was so awful and when it finished, I was just revulsed and I just thought, why? Did I Watch That for Seven Hours? Look, it's written by Dustin Lance Black. So it's very um, authentic because he was brought up in the Mormon religion. So he writes with real... He knows what he's talking about. And it's an important story. We need to know what happens when people you know, twist uh, their religious texts and then decide they're going to kill in the name of God. It doesn't matter what religious is it. It's disgusting. But there was something about these brothers and the way they were behaving. It creeped me out so bad. Yeah. Um, I really – I know it was well made, but I can't say that I enjoyed watching it. it. It made me feel sick.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, okay, but this is the man who on his best list had the – World's most famous serial killer. <laughs> true. <laughs> what, I mean, Monster the
1: Jeffrey <laughs> That
0: that is true. But I get it though, but yeah. Using religion as your justification yeah. is at least Dahmer was just a bit of a, a nutter and he wasn't pretending he was doing it, you know. Yeah. For the the Lord or something? Maybe no. Was, I don't, but I don't think no, it, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Okay. No, he but certainly yeah, wasn't. This sort of hiding behind this religion is the real element that yeah. makes... Um, it, I, well, I guess you're right. It,
1: it's a show that made me angry. Yeah. I was yeah. angry watching it. Yes. And yeah. and I guess maybe that's good TV, isn't it, to inspire an emotion, whether it's good or bad. The, the worst thing that you can be in television is sitting in the middle and inspiring nothing. Mm. Honestly, and when you get to the end of the year, you want to be—you either want to be on the best of or the worst of, because you're in the middle and you don't get talked about. Nobody cares. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, also, Gil Birmingham's in um, from plays a very central figure in um, Yellowstone too. He's yeah, in, he's in. Um, he's in Under the Banner of Heaven, and the 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 relationship between the two detectives, which is Andrew Garfield, and um, and Gill, is just a I, I thought really well done. Really, really, I also want to m- mention a couple of docos I thought
1: were really bad. Yes. Um, the Mystery of Marilyn Monroe, the unheard oh. tapes on Netflix. Talk about not giving you any new information. Found a bit of uh, audio recordings of her and just went on and on. Nothing new to learn there. Secrets of Playboy on Foxtel Binge. This, I think, was a 10-part series. I just kept watching it every week, like, going, are we ever going to see any hard evidence that Hugh Hefner was a monster. Mm. It literally, every single woman on the show would sit there and go, oh, I loved working at Playboy. Here's all my memorabilia. I kept my Playboy bunny uniform. They were, oh, it was such a great place to work. They treated the women so well. We got paid better. But, you know, Hugh Hefner was a monster. Oh. And I was just like going, really? It just wasn't convincing. Mm. It just really felt to me like they were desperately trying to we know that he was a a bit of a perv we know that you know but I honestly thought they were really trying to find dirt and they never really convinced me that the dirt was there so I didn't think that was a great show and the Menzies movies on Foxtel and Binge they threw together these home movies of Robert Menzies and it wasn't well done at all. wasn't interesting. Uh, Learned nothing from it. You know, docos are meant to really inform you and tell you something new about the people. And if you don't have anything new
0: to say about them, why are we doing it? The um it reminds me probably something I would have on a worst list was Blonde. That um, oh. if we mentioned that, we have Well, I we? thought
1: we'd wait that till we got to movies. Yeah, let's oh, do it okay. now. Let okay, you know.
0: so that's yeah, well, that's a good segue then, isn't it? That. um That was a shocker. Andrew I mean, it was somehow compelling. I I found myself engaged with it, but not in a good way. No. Look,
1: I have uh, spoken to some women who said, well, look, that was the reality, and I thought it captured it really well. I just am really tired of hearing this kind of Marilyn Monroe as a victim story, and I don't see a lot of uh, let's talk about some of the great things that she did, or even if... And I guess the point that was made to me, yeah, but she tried to do great things and people laughed at her and the men didn't take her seriously. So ultimately Blonde was telling the true story and that's true. But we never talk about some of the the fact that Marilyn Monroe was the first actress in Hollywood to create her own production company and try and break away from the studio system. You know, this is she was really trying to fight against the system and, and she was smart and she did have a brain. So, yeah, I didn't love... Blonde at the movie, and I tell you what, Stan's movie that just came out, Poker Face, directed by Russell Crowe, wow. I mean, he has no sense of humour. And it really shows in this film. It's not a great film. Um, it was originally set in California. He moved it to Australia. I, it didn't work in Australia. Um, you had an age gap there of 25 years between Liam Hemsworth and Russell Crone. We're supposed to believe they grew up together as childhood friends. Totally lacking in humour. Poker Face was uh,
0: not a great Australian film that I saw this year. Yeah. Okay, well, you, you give me your good movies and I, one of them, at least one of them, is going to be on my worst list. So,
1: Okay, so I loved six festivals on Paramount+, Plus, which was this movie about some kids going to six music festivals around Australia. And again, I use this word authenticity. There wasn't a single moment in this film where I felt... They weren't at a music festival and they were just filming it with a couple of extras in the background. I really felt the whole way through it, wow, this is an actual music festival. And I know that some of them they made up for the film, but they... Captured what it was like to go to movie festivals. And I take my hat off to them. It was a great film. I loved Here Out West on the ABC. It was just this little film set in Western Sydney over one night and a whole bunch oh, of yeah, different yeah. Yeah. diverse groups. It was so... Uh, Real and moving and there were just some of the moments from that film moments where there's no dialogue but just some of the actors staring at each other like I I can still see it in in my head like a slide uh, you know I'll never forget it Um, Coda on Apple TV which won the Academy Award uh, this year I think for the best movie Um, it was great it was really great about the death family it was so good um, Fire Island on Disney, which was their attempt to do a, a gay rom com, but to do it in the style of Pride and Prejudice. What a great idea to do it, but to make it about you know the social classes in with gays on Fire Island. It was very clever. Darklands on Stan, which was a film that some of the crew cast and crew from Neighbors made on the side there, starring Nadine Garner. That was really great. And I'm just watching a new one now on Amazon Prime called. Call Jane starring Elizabeth Banks and Sigourney Weaver. And there was one great doco this year was The Janes on Foxtel and Binge and it was about the service that women were running to give women illegal abortions in Chicago in the late 60s and the 70s and this film, Call Jane, is set in the same era and, it's, wow, it's, it's just fantastic. I've, I haven't finished it. I've got about 15 minutes to go but, yeah, uh, Incredible and the other film that I loved and I'm suspecting this might be the one that's on your worst list nude Tuesday Ooh. on stand with two alternate soundtracks, one of them by English comedian Julia Davis and the other one with uh, Aussie comedians was it oh, okay. um, Celia Pacola yes. And a yep. guy,
0: was it Matt O'Keen? Did he do Look, it? You could have had a hundred soundtracks uh, on this. No, ah! <laughs> nothing would have. Well, it was just stupid. It's completely
1: stupid. It was mental. It was so <laughs> stupid that you could that they spoke in gibberish and could you could just oh, get please. any comedian to make up their own subtitles, which is what they were doing. It's just so, so nutty. Ronnie Ching. It wasn't okay. uh it was Ronnie Ching and Celia Piccola did the Australian. I watched both of them. It was hilarious. And you can also watch it with no subtitles and just listen to the
0: gibberish. It's just awful. I mean, I think I said it starts off with Damon Herriman whacking off in bed, I think, (laughs) lying there beside his wife. And then it's it's downhill all the way. (laughs) It was just nonsense. Yeah, complete nonsense, all right. no, just... You have to be in the right mood to watch that one, James. No, look, I I loved uh, Coda. Um, Brilliant. Brilliant. uh, Amelia Jones, uh, Ruby, who, daughter of um, Jackie and Frank, um, deaf parents, um, Marley Matlin and Troy uh, Kotzer, they were both brilliant. They, yep. All the cast was brilliant. Um, yeah, look, did very well. Recent one I watched The Good Nurse, Eddie Redmayne and Jessica Chastain. Oh, I've had a few people tell me that that's must see viewing. Yeah, it is. It's a cracker. Um, it looks a little bit like a TV movie. I'm not sure. Why is that? Because it's got a A-grade cast. You've got a better cast. Yeah. So, but it's yeah, it's a great story. Fantastic. Look, I like Persuasion this year. Um, Jane Austen novel. Uh, Dakota Johnson and Richard E. Grant. Unlikely coupling there. Maybe I think Richard E. Grant didn't have a huge role, but he was quite eccentric. I think he was the. Coda's father in the in right. in the in the story. But Gee, he's
1: working a lot at
0: the moment and oh, still going on tour. He's been out, he's got a one-man show. Yeah. I think he's filming something here as well.
1: I saw someone tweet, I wish Richard E. Grant was my best friend. <laughs> and I remember interviewing him like 20 years ago when he made Wawa, which was the story of him growing up in... Uh, South Africa, and he is one of those guys, you meet him and just go, oh, my God, he's divine. Yeah. You do want to – you wish you could have lunch with him and just let him talk for hours and hours yeah. and do you,
0: soak it in. Do you follow his Instagram? That's No. That's quite a – um, it's quite – Oh, thank you. I'll be quite a fun getting onto um, it straight he, away. He catalogues everything he does and oh. you know where he is, what he's doing. Yeah. It's, um I love that sort of stuff. And the one we just talked about last week, The Wonder with Florence Pugh and um, Tom Burke, I think that's also on Netflix. Yes, I watched it. Um, did you didn't? Oh, I thought it was You got okay. the end thought, well, why have I oh. wasted two hours on this? Yeah, again, I was like going. But it did have an ending. I remember you saying, has it got an ending? Correct. And I said, yeah, at least it went somewhere. Yes, right? true. Yeah. True. Yeah. So yeah, and it was,
1: but, but it was interesting when you talk about it breaking the fourth wall, the fact that it opened with the behind of the oh. sets, mm. it's very unusual to, it is. to do that. Yeah. Um, and they never really did that again. I was like, please don't do that again because, <laughs> like, I need to feel like I'm in an Irish village with a little yeah, girl who's not a, eating. It
0: did happen again somewhere through it, I'm pretty sure. But I, Florence Pugh, though, it's a good restrained role. She was role, a Very, you know, controlled... Yeah. Performance,
1: I thought. She was great. I mean, you know, certainly one of the themes we see a lot in cinema and TV series now, and, and it's, you know, well about time, we're finally seeing these stories from a female perspective where you see time and time again a woman is standing there and in front of a group of men who are just completely disregarding her and the woman's like going, hello, I'm right here in the room and you're talking about me, and they still... Don't want any input from her, and that was certainly yeah. in the wonder. And it happens in Call Jane when you know a woman has to go to a hospital board to get an abortion, and all these men just sit there and go, "Well, oh, well, there's only a fifty percent chance you die. No, have the baby. Yeah, if yeah. you die, so what? Yeah, it's really interesting to tell these
0: stories. I think. Yeah, look, uh, fantastic. Um, look, that brings us to the end of uh, the second part of our year in review. Look, there's a lot of shows. I will put a list up on media week great I'll, I'll put this up so people have got a bit of a reference so they go oh, what was that thing so you can just go to media week I guess search um, year in review 2022 and
1: you'll list all the shows we've talked both about in both us. these podcasts yep. amazing yep Amazing. Uh-huh. and you know what list the worst shows because oh
0: yeah well yeah because
1: yeah. Th- sometimes hate watching a show is fun I certainly know that I couldn't <laughs> wait to watch the new episode of and just like that every week so that I could watch it and groan and then watch this YouTube clip of the girl in America going I just can't I just can't like it was, I, I really did enjoy that more than the show so sometimes watching something bad can be funny particularly if you're with a group of friends yes like-minded yeah friends okay all
0: right look you can uh, get the media week podcast of course you know that because you're listening but tell your friends it's on all the major platforms including uh listener apple podcast of course um spotify as well uh follow us and um you can read andrew in uh media week his um Mercado on tv columns they're there every week uh, they're all sort of Backlog too, if you want to just search for Mikado on TV, you'll get his recommendations week by week across the year.
1: And just one thing I want to say to my soap fans out there, um, if you're a fan of Emmerdale, its 50th anniversary episodes are airing on UK TV from the 6th of December. The episode is 9,000... Four hundred and ninety-four, And in the first It's a giant storm hits the village And as the wind Whips up this kite Lands in the cemetery and the first shot Is the gravestone Of the guy who died in the first episode Of Emmerdale back in 1972 Like what a history You know um, so yeah Emmerdale You want episode ninety-four, ninety-four, If you're watching it on uh, Binge or one of those sites um, And it's airing on the 6th of December
0: Fantastic stuff. Uh, Have a great summer, Andrew, and we'll uh, reconvene um, in 2023.
1: Can't wait, James.